Roger that, Houston. All systems five by five. But what if there is no tomorrow? There wasn't one today. Fascinating. Get away from her, you bitch! Welcome to the Nerdfest podcast today. We've got Louise Taylor, Andy Chandler, Peter Johnson, John Farthing, and I'm Hazel Burton. On the show today, we've got some brand new nerdy recommendations for you. Plus, we've got a brand new quiz. Peter, do you want to introduce it? Yeah, sure. Because this is the first time we've had two couples on the show together. We're going to find out how well you know each other. So this is called How Deep Is Your Nerd? About four inches. <laughs> I wouldn't advertise that for you, John. Cold. Is that one of the questions? Yeah, this is a Mr. and Mrs. style quiz, so we're going to see how well they really know each other's nerdiness. So let's get started. I didn't know Peter and Andy were together. (laughs) Neither did I. Very casual. Yeah. So casual, we barely noticed. (laughs) So now it's time for our recommendation segment. So this is stuff that we have been enjoying recently and we'd love to tell you all about it. Peter, what have you been up to? Yeah, I've just started watching The Boys on Amazon Prime Video. Chippendales. Oh, no, we mean The Boys. (laughs) Not that one, no. This is a nine-part series based on comics by Garth Ennis, who also wrote Preacher and the Punisher. And it's brought to you by the same team who made Preacher, which I thought was really great fun. I really enjoyed that. I've only seen the first two episodes so far, but I'm really enjoying it as a fresh take on superheroes. It's got a great cast, which includes Carl Urban, Simon Pegg and Elizabeth Shue, and quite decent effects for a TV show. Uh, it shares some elements with Watchmen and Hancock, perhaps, as it deals with less-than-perfect superheroes, and how their team, called The Seven, are commercialised by the greedy Vault Corporation and marketed through social media. The Seven are Homelander, who's basically Superman. The Deep, who's kind of like a poor man's Aquaman. Aquaman is the poor man's Aquaman. <laughs> Chase Crawford from Gossipville. Yes, it is. A-train. He shares the same birthday as me. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was one of the questions for the quiz later. <laughs> what, I, think, you know, I like, think Louise has revealed more than she wanted to do there. Have you been looking Chase Crawford up on the internet? I looked up the boys on the internet. I nearly was going to recommend the boys and then I decided I didn't like it enough to recommend it. Ooh. Ooh, interesting. So I'm waiting to see what you say about it so I can pick holes in it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. A-Train, who's a speedster, Translucent, who's invisible, Dark Noir, who seems to shun everyone hasn't said a word so far, Queen Maeve, who's basically Wonder Woman, and Starlight, who's new to the team. I think it could appeal to many who wouldn't usually watch a superhero series. It's not about punching and fighting, it's about the people. It has quite a violent, inciting incident in the first episode. It's shocking and gory, but it's also brief and makes sense in context, so I don't let that put you off. It's more... Evil Dead or Happy mm, than I was Saw. Worried. I was worried about the gore because I've heard mm. it's very, very yucky. How many episodes in are you, Only PM? two. Oh. <laughs> Brace yourself. <laughs> right, okay. Um, they've gender and race swapped a few characters from the comics and changed the background of the main protagonist to make him a bit more relatable, but nothing that breaks anything. The loss of his girlfriend early on gives him a strong reason to hate supers. Carl Urban, who I always enjoy, plays a vigilante who's trying to eliminate superheroes. Despite being saddled with the weirdest accent I've ever heard that wavers between his native New Zealand or Cockney. Yeah. He seems to be trying to do an impression of Jason Statham for some reason. Because he's awesome. <laughs> Pronounce that correctly though, Jason Statham. Oh, right, whatever. Jason Statham. Who's Jason Statham, Peter? <laughs> <laughs> These two form the core of a team of five who are working together against the corporation who lend their name to the show. 
doesn't seem like a good name for the show. I don't. They think. never refer to themselves as that either. Oh right, okay. Another thread covers Starlight, who's a girl newly inducted into the ranks of the Seven, who very quickly learns that everything's not as it seems, and there's a high price required of her to secure a place on the team. Is her superpower being able to go round on roller skates pretending oh, to be a train? I was, I was a millisecond <laughs> behind you. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm really enjoying it so far. Word's been pretty good on the series. There's already strong speculation concerning season two. They've already commissioned it. It's been filmed. Louise, you seem a bit, um, meh. I did enjoy it. I think maybe the next episode you're going to watch, there's a very weird shift of tone. Okay. And they bring in this sort of subplot about religion Hmm. that comes out of nowhere. Found that a bit weird. And then, um, I I didn't think the acting was very good in it. Hmm. I thought um, Elizabeth Shue was not brilliant. Would you give her the boot? <laughs> <laughs> I think I've done more research about it than you have as well, actually, Peter. Oh, possibly. I'm Ooh. just basing so it on having what did watched you think, it. What did you think of Simon Pegg's cameo? It was a bit odd. He didn't seem that much older than the person surprised? he was dad like, to. What's he doing there? He's like five minutes older. I did go on IMDb and work out that he is technically old enough to be that guy's dad. He was meant to play the role of the son, right? Yeah, yeah. He well, was meant, or rather the, the comic based the character on him. It was a, originally a Scottish person and he was always lined up to play the character when they filmed it and then it took so long that he was, he was too old. So because he couldn't play the lead character anymore, they changed the lead character to be American and they got him to play the dad instead. So the actor who plays his son, is that Meg Ryan's son with the... Uh, <gasps> what didn't know that. Yeah, oh. what's his face? Dennis Quaid. Dennis he was Quaid. in a Hunger Games. Mm. Oh, and his surname is Quaid, yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right, okay. Uh, Did not know Belongs that. to Meg Ryan. My IMD being ran out there. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I looked up Chase Crawford, because I couldn't think where I knew him from, and he was from Gossip Girl. And that was when I realised he had the same birthday as me. Oh, so this isn't something you've known since watching Gossip no, Girl? No, I was looking oh, up right. things about the boys, because I was enjoying it, and I was like reading about it. And, and then it, t- towards the end, it just lost me a bit. Uh-huh. But there are some incredible, ridiculous set pieces. I'm just going to say two things to you, Peter. Dolphin and laser baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sounds good so far. Yeah. So even if it's not for you, do you think John would enjoy it? I think he would like it. Because yeah. it is entertaining, but oh, I don't know. It just, just left me a bit unsatisfied by the end. There's sort of a twist at the end and it happened and I was like, eh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it didn't really blow me away by the end. But there was some nice bits and pieces along the way. And I thought there was some really nice touching moments about people's relationships, which seemed a bit weird for a superhero thing, but they gave it depth. So that was mm-hmm. quite nice. And the set pieces, they are ridiculous and incredible. I mean, and it's so gory. Mm-hmm. So John would probably enjoy that. Andy, what have you got? I would very much like to recommend Mortimer and White House Gone Fishing which is on BBC. I think it's being shown on old school Stone Age television, but I've been watching it on BBC iPlayer. This is the second series, and it's lovely television. <laughs> uh, it's just um, Bob Mortimer and Paul Whitehouse, who have been friends for about 30 years, go fishing together. There are lovely, long, lingering shots of exquisite, beautiful English countryside. And they fish and they talk about life and they gently take the piss out of each other. And it's slow paced and relaxed and lovely and funny and natural. And it's absolutely gorgeous. I insist everyone watches it. (laughs) (laughs) They have very easy camaraderie. You can tell that they're friends. It's not scripted at all. They 
almost constantly mock each other, but it's, it's so very friendly and jovial. So they're playing themselves? They're very much themselves. It came about after Bob Mortner had a triple heart bypass and Paul Whitehouse had previously had his own heart issues and helped Bob Mortner during his, his rehabilitation. And part of that was he invited him to come out fishing just to get him out of the house, get a bit of fresh air. And they decided to turn that into a television show. And it's just a case of they rock up to somewhere in Somerset or South Wales or what have you. Um, Paul Whitehouse explains this is how we fish. Bob Mortimer falls over or says silly things. <laughs> um, and it's, it's just, it's the perfect kind of television for, well, for any time, I'd say. It's, it's brilliant. It's wonderful fun, but it's really, really perfect for a Sunday afternoon after you've had a gigantic lunch and you just want to collapse on the sofa in front of the TV and just feel good. It's a joy to behold. Um, two funny men. It, it's not constant gags. It's, uh, a lot of it is, is talking about family, their careers, their regrets, um, their, their health. It's, it's beautiful. Mm. We saw Vic and Bob's first show after he had his heart attack the Visa Mortimer 25th anniversary live tour and he had a thing on his wrist that was measuring his heart rate and he kept looking at it and reading out the numbers and panicking and we thought oh, this is a funny little bit you know it was quite everybody was laughing but then he was on Desert Island Discs and apparently he was genuinely thought he was going to have another heart attack and he was told a number and if it went above that number they had to stop the show hmm. and apparently it went over that number several times and they just carried on. I also saw the same show, I think maybe the next day actually, or two days later, Mm -hmm. because I got my friend's ticket and her husband couldn't go. So I went with her again to see the same show in Newcastle, and he did exactly the same thing. (laughs) So he also decided to make a bit out of that in the show, because it got a good laugh actually. Because we all thought it was a joke, we we had a good laugh. I've always said that we we didn't buy the bottle of Windeline. Yeah, I'd forgotten about that. On the merchandise stand, there were sort of t-shirts and programs and so on, and there was a bottle of Windeline, which I think was a pound. And it was signed by Vic and Bob, but it was signed on the back so you didn't know until you'd bought it. <laughs> and apparently nobody bought it throughout the entire run. <laughs> John, what have you got? Rather than a recommendation, I have taken one for the team. <laughs> God. Because I'm, I'm a kind and gentle man like that. I, I or a masochist. T- a masochist. <laughs> My taking one for the team was a real disappointment. It was Men in Black International. Oh. It was so not good. So basically the gist of this is it's a kind of a reboot, kind of a sequel. So Emma Thompson, I think, was in the third Men in Black and a few of the little characters, the dog and the stick creatures. So it's clearly in the same continuity. But rather than being in America, they go around the world. It stars Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson with none of the timing or comic chemistry or relationship that they had in the Thor films. You start with a young Tessa Thompson as a child where an alien comes into her bedroom, which she looks out of the window, she sees the men in black, they wipe her parents' memory but miss her. And she has a little cute chat with the alien that comes back in the most painful, coincidental moment ever. Forget about foreshadowing, it's just like hitting you in the forehead of this is going to be important in approximately an hour's time. <laughs> um, and at the same time, Liam Neeson and Chris Hemsworth fight an alien and save the city, but Chris Hemsworth can't quite remember how he did it. Ooh, I wonder if Liam Neeson's hiding something. Yes, he fucking is. Of course he is. Anybody who doesn't know that really doesn't deserve to be in the cinema. I was worried when it began because I thought, well, the the chemistry between Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith was kind of the key to the first Men in Black film. But Mm -hmm. then I thought, 
it's a, just a brilliant idea. The, there's so much you can do with the kind of the down and dirty side of aliens and treating it like a job. But maybe we did need Will and Tommy because Chris and Tessa just didn't do it for me. It's almost like somebody had kidnapped Chris Hemsworth, was keeping them in their boot, and had replaced them with some... A lesser brother. A lesser brother. Not even a Liam, not even a Barry. There was a previous unheard of, like... Norman. Norman Hemsworth, <laughs> who looks enough like they make smear some Vaseline on the lens and nobody will notice the difference, but with none of the charm. Tessa Thompson's terrible. I can only assume it's a direction, but she keeps doing this thing where she either giggles or goes slightly wide-eyed to show that something's exciting and she's never seen anything like this before, but she's a bit cool, so she's not going to be blown away by it. Um, she's just... like Amdram sort of. Yeah. yeah, it's like acting. You can see her acting. Oh, uh... like, doing the acting now. Oh, God. <laughs> and oh. That sounds like a direction in editing, surely. Dav- if you know, if you know the actors it. can actually do it. It was directed by, is it F. Gary Gray? Who I well, think he's done some done... decent stuff. He's done some Fast and Furious films. some of the Fast and Furious oh, film, yeah. And wow. some decent stuff. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, the CGI is really bad. The story is just a nothing. But I just remember you get to an exciting climax and it just absolutely fizzles out. Um, do you remember the third Jurassic Park film? Mm-hmm. And that all the way through is building up to a big battle between the soldiers and the dinosaurs. You expect this big thing and then it just stops. And you go, but it's at the end. Is the last 20 minutes missing? Has someone run out of money? You're thinking of Jurassic Park 2. Yeah, I think of Jurassic I Park 2. I can't remember 2. soldiers in... I remember missing eggs in Jurassic Park 3. But that the climax with soldiers. Where Sam Neill comes back. Yes. Yeah. The climax of Jurassic Park 3 is he talks to the velociraptors. He becomes a dog. Velociraptor whisperer. <laughs> Dr. Velociraptor. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it kind of builds to a climax and so then just fizzles out. Comic relief mm. is a character called Pawnee, who is an alien chess piece. Voiced by... What the fuck was that about? <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> is anyone going to watch this film? Going to spoil it? No. Right. So at the end... Was that no, can he spoil it? Or no, are you going to watch Please it? spoil it. I will never watch this film. So at the end of the film, in the final battle, there's a giant alien monster uh, who's like the big bodyguard enforcer who is a notorious murderer of people. And it's about to kill the men in black... And then he locks eyes with Tessa Thompson. And you know that little cute alien at the beginning that was in the bedroom and she was friendly and saved him from the red and black? Guess who it is? <gasps> it's him! Now oh. he's all big and tough and shit, but he's going to let her go. He's just going to give up his entire killing spree and just go, oh, Tessa, give her a hug and let her go. It's bollocks. Don't watch it. Oh. <laughs> so that's your recommendation, John? That's my recommendation. Yeah, thanks for contributing to the recommendation segment, yeah. John. He still hasn't got the concept, has he? <laughs> no. no. Yeah. I, I, I do these things so you don't have to. It's very much appreciated. <laughs> so, you know how uh, This Is Spinal Tap is like one of the greatest films of all time, mm-hmm. great mockumentary style. I have something that might please fans of that, which is a TV series called Documentary Now! Exclamation mark. It's on Amazon Prime. It's in its third season. It stars Bill Hader, who we recently grown to love from Barry. And it takes a series of popular documentaries and makes them in a mockumentary style, but it very, very closely follows the style of those documentaries in a very, very comedic manner. So are they specific documentaries or just genres of documentary? They're specific ones. So, for example, the first episode is called Sandy Passage, and it's a mockumentary of Grey Gardens, which actually, ironically, I, um, I included in a film Buff or Bluff about a year ago because I didn't actually genuinely believe it was real. It's Jackie Onassis's first and third cousins 
who were recluses in this big old mansion and were um, overrun by cats and raccoons. And, you know, they, they somehow a documentary about them got made and um, they basically held grudges for about 30 years. And it's very, very scary and very, very like you walked in and you didn't know whether you were going to get murdered or not. Sandy Passage takes that to the extreme. Bill Hader is amazing, wears um, jogging pants on his head, <laughs> feeds his cats. Um, what did he feed his cats in the end? Like a oh, cocktail a of... Um, bowl of all sorts. So there was yeah. cornflakes and ham. Yeah. And- yeah. <laughs> it was really, really bizarre. And then it, it kind of follows the star of the documentary for the first like you know, 15 minutes and then it goes a little bit off, <laughs> yeah, a little bit extreme. Um, but there's an amazing episode which features John Slattery. He plays a filmmaker who went to film an Eskimo and it's first ever documentary in the 20s. Really, really unique look at this Eskimo and his life. And in the episode, the, the Eskimo, who's played by Fred Armisen, starts to become a bit of a diva. He starts to like control the camera shots and he, and he builds a rig and then he yeah, becomes a little bit aggressive and things like that. And it's just, it's a very, very knowing, but really, really funny. So I'd really encourage anyone who's a fan of the mockumentary style mm. They're only episodes about 20 minutes long. And do you have to have seen the particular things that they're making fun of? No, I haven't seen most of the documentaries, to be fair. But I really enjoyed reading up afterwards to kind of contrast the two styles because the team behind documentary now are clearly huge fans of documentaries because they throw loads of things in there that are very, very similar in style Mm. uh, down to like the typography of um, the titles and things like that. So there's a lot of love gone into it. But I don't think you need to see the documentary to still find it amusing. And where does it tell you what it's based on? It doesn't. All right, you just <laughs> recognise it or you don't. <laughs> yeah, um, it's also, um, I forgot to mention, it's introduced by Helen Mirren. It's amazing. So mm-hmm. she is introducing each episode as a celebration of the 50th anniversary of documentary now. I love Helen Mirren. She just plays it dead straight. I can't fault any of the cast. They're just spectacular. I've never seen Bill Hader like it. Never seen Fred Armisen like it. Really, really great watch. Mm. Where can we find this? This is on Prime, Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. Yes. Mm. Good day for Amazon Prime today. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a very good day for Amazon Prime because the Leeds United documentary is on. Oh, God. Six yeah. hours of Leeds United's oh. Oh previous God. season. You're on your own there. Mm. There's footage I saw today. They're using like the deep fake technology and it's Bill Hader doing an interview yes. on to- Fallon or something. Yes, um, I saw and, this. and while he's talking about this experience of making Tropic Thunder, I think, so he's talking about Tom Cruise, and as he's doing an impression of him in the studio, they start morphing his face into Tom Cruise's face yeah. while he's doing it. It's very good, but it's very creepy because sometimes mm-hmm. he's like, oh, wow. Like, it really looks like him and his mannerisms and everything, yeah. You know, it, it's just kind of covered in uh, Spider-Man, Far From Home, the kind of the deep fake thing that is very, very unnerving. And the fact that somebody can kind of do that. I think someone recently messed with Simon Cowell's face and turned him into... Um, Guy from the Rolling Stones. Keith Richards. Keith Richards, yeah. Mm-hmm. Everyone was talking about how Simon Cowell looked like he'd have awful plastic surgery gone wrong and it was just someone who'd melded the two photos together. So this whole, you know, fake news uh, is yeah. a little bit concerning. It, it's really weird. It's like someone's deep faked a video of me having sex with a next door neighbour and expected to send it to Louise. <laughs> if she, that's a lot if, of if trouble I, for I don't someone pay lots to of money. John, that's definitely what's happened. John, look at Louise's face. You know I'm here, right? <laughs> Old Arthur from next door. Old Arthur, yeah. <laughs> so who was it really? They deep faked it to make no, it look he, like he took it. No, he took his teeth out. It was lovely. Mm. <laughs> right. Oh. Uh, Louise, what have you got? Oh. <laughs> Thinking. Repulsion. <feeling. laughs> so we did another secret cinema a few weeks back. 
We did Secret Cinema Blade Runner last year, which was unbelievable. So I persuaded John to do Casino Royale, which he needed his arm twisting for because he's never actually seen Casino Royale (laughs) and doesn't like James Bond films. What? (laughs) He's just one of those weird people. But (laughs) I I persuaded him on the basis that it would be a spectacular thing to see, even Mm. if he didn't know the film. And he did um umanar about whether he was going to bother watching the film beforehand because part of the secret cinema is a screening of the film and he decided not to which in retrospect was probably an error because Mm. i'm going to assume that this is going to go out after secret cinema is finished i'm not ruining it for people who are going to go but if you are going to do secret cinema stop listening now (laughs) okay they're gone (laughs) i think they've left so you arrive at this industrial estate in the middle of Dagenham and it's some big empty film warehouse and it's been done up like a casino and you're swept inside through little secret tunnels and doorways. I think the difference between this one and the previous one that we did was that Blade Runner is obviously set in one city, it's one environment. They could build a small piece of that city and it was very immersive and felt like you were in the film. And the difference with a Bond film is that they're obviously very jet-setting. You travel around, see lots of different cities in Casino Royale, they go from Marrakesh to Miami to... London. London. Italy. They go everywhere. So is it like you just walk out one space into another, or do they use the conventions of like a movie set? So you've walked off well, one set and into another place kind that's of, a different but set. They, they, they have, the space for this one was absolutely massive compared to the previous one. Um, you kind of move between different rooms, and they're set up as different locations. So you start off in Marrakesh which was a massive set. So there was sort of a big open space with bars around it because it's obviously a social event as well and people are having drinks and things. They had sort of drummers and dancers who were really quite well simulating one of the opening sequences of the film. And then they had sort of transit spaces. So you went in through a train station lobby and there was a lot of characters in there who you could go and talk to. And this is the first point where I realised John probably should have watched the film (laughs) because I was going, there's Felix Leitner. And he was going, who? And it didn't really make any sense to him that this guy was skulking in the corner. Buzz Lightyear? Why is Buzz Lightyear? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but the one thing about Secret Cinema is that they hire really convincing doubles for all the characters. So when you go in, you can instantly go, that's Felix Lightner. And that's Le Chiffre's dodgy girlfriend over Mm -hmm. there loitering in a corner. And you could kind of just recognise them based on that they're very good doubles and that they kind of dress them the same. Again, the scale of it's so big. Last time there was probably maybe, how many people do you think were at the last one, John? About a thousand, maybe. I think there was easily five or six at this mm-hmm. one. It was, it was a big, it was big. In the previous one, it was quite small and compact. You had lots of opportunity to follow little storylines. So an actor would come and speak to you. You could engage with them. They'd lead you off somewhere and you'd do a little interactive scene together. There was a bit less of that in this one, I felt. But because it was such a big environment to explore, it was more of a visual spectacle. All of the different sets were really rich. So like, there was a set that was... Venice I think and they had sort of a cafe bar in a square and they had an opera singer with a piano and then just next door you had Q Branch which was sort of over two floors and had all these massive digital screens and sort of labs with equipment and cars being built and things like that so there was a hell of a lot to see and there was lots of dramatic moments where you found yourself in the middle of a shootout and everybody in the room got swept through a Miami airport terminal and there was a huge shootout on the carousel and things like that and then at one point we all got brought into the casino, which was massive, and they sort of played out an amazing final scene of where an undercover agent jumped out, chased a terrorist who was taken away by a helicopter through the sky, <laughs> and then they suddenly lifted a screen at the back of the room, and you realised you were in a massive 6,000-seater cinema. They started a countdown, everyone had to rush and get in a seat to watch the film. And the ceiling 
came down and that was the cinema yeah, screen. Yeah, the ceiling the started side. ticking down behind you and you realised, that's the screen, it's enormous. Hmm. <laughs> so it was really impressive. Um, I wasn't sure how they could top Blade Runner, but um, it was a really impressive spectacle. Mm-hmm. I'm just sad that John didn't see the film beforehand because I think he probably would have got more out of it. Mm. I enjoyed it, actually. I quite liked Casino Royale. I didn't think I was going to, because what I thought about the Daniel Craig things, what I'd heard about them was that they'd taken all the fun James Bond stuff out and tried to make it an action film. And if you're going to do that, why not just make another Jason Bourne film? It was around the time when Bourne Identity was very, Mm -hmm. very popular and the silly, cliche style of James Bond was becoming less fashionable. But I wouldn't say they went gritty. I'd say it was more of a straight-laced character, but it's not a dark film. Actually, the opening sequence of Casino Royale is quite dark, the bit that's mm. shot in black and white. And oh, yes. Yeah. When he yeah. sort of does his first kill to become a double O agent. Mm. That bit is really, really great. And I remember when I saw it at the cinema, I thought, oh, my God, is this what James Bond is now? And it did kind of switch after that scene and become a bit more what you know. The pit in the balls with a bit of rope, repeatedly. That never happened to Roger Moore. Did it happen to you at Secret Cinema? It did, yes. <laughs> there was a little room in the back and you followed a guy in. I just followed a guy in and I realised afterwards I'd just gone to a, a gay bar in Dagenham. It was uh, just around the corner. Oh no. Was it the Blue Oyster? It's the Blue <laughs> To do a police academy joke. While the film is on, the actors are performing elements from the film on stage in front of you. The casino became the stage with sort of three podiums where they were acting out pieces of the action on set. There was pyrotechnics, they were driving Bentleys and Aston Martins around the room as well. It was... <laughs> Quite a thing to see. Wow. But they did not recreate the bollock smashing scene. No, they should have done. (laughs) (laughs) So, as we have two couples on the show for the first time ever, let's find out who knows their partner best in our How Deep Is Your Nerd quiz. First, we'll choose who's going into the soundproof booth first. Is it the toilet? (laughs) <laughs> it's downstairs where the beer is. There is a toilet beer? downstairs. It's not me, soundproof. Me, me, though. me, 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 me. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll go. The toilet is beer adjacent, so if you do want to drink the beer while locked in the toilet for <laughs> soundproofing purposes. Finally, but... a melding of my favourite things. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're going to send Andy out, and we're going to ask Hazel questions to find out how much she knows about what Andy mm. likes in movies. Yeah. Ooh. Oh dear. Good luck. This is where I should have been listening for the last nine months. It's about movies. I'm going to ace this. They're all on yeah. the wall. <laughs> you probably have a much better idea of what I hate than what I like. Oh, mm. I do very much like talking about what I hate. You do. Put a <laughs> smile on my face. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye, Andy. Okay, so we're going to ask these reasonably quietly, in case the soundproof booth isn't as soundproof <laughs> as we thought it was. So, Hazel, mm-hmm. here are your questions. Who is Andy's favourite movie character? I'm going to go for The Terminator. Okay. The Terminator or The Terminator 2? The Terminator is a single character, John. Mm. It's a different character in Terminator 2. What? He gets killed at the end of... He gets squished. He gets killed at the end of Terminator 2? No, he gets... The Terminator gets killed at the end of the Terminator. He gets squished in that press. It's a a fucking robot. It's a different robot. It's a different character, though. No, it's a different robot. No normal human being is going to say your favourite character is Terminator 2. But Andy could. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, I'm going to go for the Terminator. Okay. Uh, what is Andy's most hated movie? You will probably know this one. Though oh. there may be so much to choose well, from. Well, in the last few days, it's been Fast and the Furious 5. Oh. I know. I think he would say Thor Ragnarok just to piss me off. He really didn't like it first time I watched it. And then he watched it again when he heard that I loved it to try and see if he'd you know, got it 
the wrong way around. Um, and he's like, no, it's awful. And then he heard that Taika Waititi like deliberately ignored some of the Thor canon stuff, mm-hmm. deliberately be obtuse. So he's like, I hate it even more. <laughs> so I'll play Ragnarok. Okay. Which celebrity would Andy ask for to be second on their laminated list? <laughs> You're obsessed with the second. laminated list, Peter. Second. So not... Not, not the first, because that'll be obvious. Who's the second? Oh, no. Oh. Well, he, do, he doesn't want to sleep with anyone besides me. <coughs> but Are you sure he's going to say that? <laughs> it's sad when a man has a lack of ambition, isn't it? Are you it? saying that you're... <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying that the list is just your name over and over again? Yeah, I've asked him this before and he's like, no, just you. It was on your list, John. (laughs) You it's it's more of a book than a list. Um, Oh gosh. I'm trying to I'm trying to think if he'd ever gone rawr at a at a (laughs) (laughs) Is that what people do? Gosh. I think he quite likes Scarlett Johansson, so Mm -hmm. I'll say I'm gonna get it wrong, but I know that he really likes the Black Widow character, so let's go for the Scarlet. Okay. She's second on mine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You think she's second on his list, though? Mm. Who's number one, then? I have no idea. I'm just saying a name, because I generally don't know. <laughs> he would definitely say you for the first. Uh-uh. He's creepy like that. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I tell him he's creepy all the time. <laughs> I'm like, stop looking at me. <laughs> Okay, and what movie scene would Andy love to recreate in real life? (laughs) Oh dear. (laughs) Eyes wide shut, no. Um, (laughs) As in like him him playing one of the characters? Yes. Ooh. It can be the male or female role. Ooh. Black Swan's a win-win there, isn't it? He loves Empire Strikes Back, so I would probably pick a key scene from there. Um, I know which one in that case. Do you? I love you. I know. That would be my guess if I was going to go for Empire. Oh, you guys are so romantic. I was thinking of like a lightsaber battle. I How yeah. well do you know Andy? Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. I was like, yeah, either on Hoth or when Darth Vader shows up unexpectedly or at the end when he confesses to being his father. Spoiler. No, I'll go for the um, I love you, I know scene from Empire Strike Back. Okay, and for your last question, mm-hmm. if Andy could be a superhero, which one would he choose to be? Mm. His top two are Captain America and uh, Iron Man. Um, he's got the t-shirts for both. I would probably say Iron Man. Okay, so shall we fetch him from the soundproof booth? Andy! <laughs> Andy! <laughs> Can we guess, based on your lack of confidence, mm-hmm. I'm going to go for two out of I would have gone for two, yeah. Well, Andy is sidling into his seat. <laughs> How many do you think he'll get? I think three out of five. I have more faith in Andy than you do, John. Wait, faith in me? Mm-hmm. This, is, this is on me now? Mm-hmm. Isn't yeah. this a test of how much Hazel listens to me? Um, oh, yeah, you just have to say truthfully. One. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, one. I, I'm going for one as well. Aww. I'm going for five. Yay! <laughs> Andy, having returned from the soundproof booth, Five questions, and you're trying to guess what Hazel will have guessed that you will say. As opposed to answering answering truthfully. (laughs) So, who will she think is your favourite movie character? Movie character? Ooh. Oh, the suspense! (laughs) 
I don't even know who my own favourite movie character is. Oh, well, that renders the whole thing pointless. No, Um, it doesn't, because you're trying to guess what she'll think. Right. I have an extremely dashing and attractive uh, Winter Soldier Red Star tattoo on my upper left arm. Mm. And Hazel, knowing this, may have said the Winter Soldier. She did not. Hazel, what did you say? The Terminator. That is a good call. (laughs) (laughs) Question two. What will Hazel say is your most hated movie? Thor Ragnarok. (laughs) Well, it was either that or it was going to be Fast and Furious 5 because we saw that recently. No, 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 I said Thor Ragnarok. Fucking awful. She said both of them, so she should get two for that, really. I'd like to just specify that. I don't think Thor Ragnarok is the worst film ever made, but it's the film I hate the most. (laughs) What's the worst film ever made? Fast and Furious 5. <laughs> You've not, have you seen Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift? No, why would I watch that? Because it's worse. <laughs> That's not a good argument. Yeah, but it, for the purposes of that particular point. You recommend point. things in the same way as John. I know! <laughs> He's infectious. <laughs> okay, question three. Which celebrity will Hazel think you would ask to be second on your laminated list? I don't have a laminated list. Yeah, yeah, but if you did. If you had a laminator. Second. Second. Ooh, it's tricky. Scarlett Johansson. Well done. Good guess. Just out of curiosity, who did you think would be first? I had no idea because I said all five of them would have been me. And I said you'd say correct. Yeah, I said you'd say Hazel for any first one. I knew that you really liked Black Widow, so I just went for that one. She's a very, very talented actor. What movie scene will Hazel think you would love to recreate in real life? Oh. um... If it was as simple as just favourite movie scene, I'd probably go with I am Iron Man. But I don't want to die just yet, so probably not that. Is this more um, uh, just a fantasy thing or a, a reality together we would recreate this? Like we get you a costume, we stand you on a mountaintop. Buy <laughs> <laughs> you a lightsaber. I don't know how to quit you. <laughs> It's not that one. <laughs> I really don't know. What's an awesome film scene that you like? I would very much like to put on a big purple suit and dye my hair green and do the Joker scene with the pencil trick from The Dark Knight. <laughs> oh. oh, Hazel, what did you pick? I love you, I know, from Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, and then I go into the carbonite. Slight slag with that one. Hey, how, how old are you to get to be Han Solo? I'm pretty much Han Solo already, aren't I? Sure. Thanks. Well, <laughs> nearly. If you could be a superhero, which one would Hazel think you would choose to be? Iron Man. Yes! <laughs> Good, well done. Three out of five. So, who's going out the room from John and Louise? Who would you like to go, Peter? Well, you, obviously. <laughs> Shall I leave the room? Okay, Fuck off, yep. John. <laughs> Bye, John. See you later. Okay, Louise, yes. what movie star does John think he looks like? <laughs> hmm, that's a tricky one. He spends a lot of time doing Nicolas Cage impressions, but I don't, think would, say Cage. I don't think he would imagine he looks like him. John is very, very dangerously deluded, though, isn't he? What oh, God, yeah, yeah, massively. He sings like he thinks he can sing. He dances like he thinks he can dance. It's tragic. But, yeah. <laughs> what about improv? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> <laughs> he knows he looks like Richard Herring, but he's not a movie uh-huh. star. And that's the nearest one. Like, he probably could kill him and take his place if he wanted to. Why do you, why do you think he looks, he looks like Keanu Reeves? 
No, Peter, he's not that deluded. (laughs) (laughs) Just the hair. This is why I'm trying to think of someone with the long hair and the beard. I mean, he must have styled himself after someone because Richard Herring's had a haircut now. I always assumed it was one of the Three Musketeers. I guess he could look a bit like Oliver Reed. Mm -hmm. Is John going to think that? No, no. No, this is the thing. Oliver Reed from Oliver Twist. John's going to think of someone amazing and say that he looks like them. Because Which the man is, why it's is such a good question. Yeah, who would John? F- I'm looking at the Funkos, trying to work out which one he likes to pretend that he is. I know he's danced around pretending to be one. Oh, this is really hard. He's so deluded. Uh, probably Nicholas Cage is the right one. I'm gonna hazard a guess that the answer to most of these questions, Peter, is going to be Nicholas Cage. There's one I excluded Nicholas Cage from as a possible answer. Question two: What franchise would John love to star in? Hmm. Oh, I've got all the hard questions. If I'd had Hazel's ones, I would have known. <laughs> <laughs> Is this like a, a sequel to an existing franchise, or a, a, him or do you mean like character? he would be the lead in it? He would be the lead in the franchise. Okay, so replacing like Han Solo or whatever. There's not really a lead you could replace in Marvel. It's all Iron Man, I guess. I know what I'm oh, thinking. But... Um, maybe Michael Keaton in Batman. Hmm. An acceptable answer would just be Batman doesn't have to be a specific. No, no, I would be specific because I don't like the other ones. I don't like the Dark Knight ones. Although that's me. That doesn't really yeah. matter to him. But I think he, he has said, he, I'm sure he said, oh, maybe he was just humouring me. I'm sure he said that he likes the Michael Keaton ones better. Yeah, he loves Michael Keaton. Okay, well, if he says Batman, we'll press him on which one. You get half a point if he says Batman. You get both points if he... No, don't give me any points if he picks the Dark Knight one. I won't deserve them. <laughs> All right, okay. <laughs> I'm not going to do well on this, by the way, I can already tell. Question three. What is John's favourite movie scene? Oh, what's the one he... He does like to randomly shout what's in the box quite a lot. Bearing in mind, Jaws is his favourite scene, uh, favourite film even. He's never really recreated that though, whereas he will find any excuse in any day to do the what's in the box from Seven. Jaws is his favourite film. What's his favourite scene in it? Gonna need a bigger boat. I think it would be when the gas tank explodes, maybe mm. in Jaws. Okay. Or Nicholas Cage and his tighty whities and Mandy. <laughs> yes, definitely. Okay. I think it's going to be that one because he's quite obsessed with that too. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> okay. to go with Mandy. All right. Though it's a horrible image to conjure with. That's why he likes it. He's like that. He's weird. Okay. The presence of which movie star would prevent John from watching a movie? Oh, like he wouldn't watch a film with them in it. Yeah. Bearing in mind, John has no morals. Or taste. <laughs> and he likes terrible things. But who does he morally object to? Doesn't have to be morally. I feel like that's the only way he would not. Are you like, saying... like Kevin Spacey I couldn't watch anymore. Oh, that's an interesting one, yeah. Mm. So what are you going to pick? Russell Brand. No, I totally watch him. Oh, really? Gosh. <laughs> Set too high a bar. <laughs> this is really hard, Peter. Didn't seem too enthusiastic about Daniel Craig, did he? Mm. Yeah, but he has watched that. Ricky Gervais? Oh, yeah, he hates That would be my answer. Does he hate Ricky? I thought it was me that hated Ricky Gervais. Ben Stiller, Will Ferrell? No, no, Lee he Evans. likes all of them. Chris Rock? Fifth, fifth Element, Chris yeah, Rock. Uh, Chris Tucker. Be- Chris T- is that Chris yeah. Tucker? Yeah. yeah. Okay, then Chris Tucker, because okay. that was meant to be Prince in that role, and that makes uh, him so angry that he can't bear that. Anything with Chris Tucker in. Yeah, that's true. Luckily, there aren't many things with Chris Tucker in. Rush Hour, and then, yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah, that's quite unbearable. Last question. Which movie star will John say that you secretly like much more than you would admit to in public? <clears throat> like Jason Statham, you, you have a photo of him in your bathtub. 
John put him there. (laughs) So it's someone. I was away on holiday and I came back and he put Jason Statham in the bathroom. So you know, it's it's one of those like guilty crushes type things. Yeah, like you shouldn't like them because I don't know they're too pretty. And and you'd be embarrassed to admit it, but you have told him at some point, and he won't let you forget it. Then I'd be admitting to it on a podcast, Pete. You've not thought this question through. (laughs) It was deliberate, Mm. but it's what will he say? He could be wrong. Oh, you think he'd say something to embarrass me? Like Barry, Idris Elba. It's John we're so, talking about. So you've met John then? <laughs> Fucking hate Idris Elba. So he could say that to annoy me. Would John say something just to annoy you? Constantly. I guess maybe Idris Elba then, because <laughs> okay. I'm very vocal about how much I hate him, because Luther is shit. It's kind <laughs> so of like shit. A, like a teasing in the playground thing. You only do that to the people that you secretly like. Yeah, let's go <laughs> for that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right, let's fetch John from the soundproof booth. John! John! Come and humiliate me. They were too hard, Peter. John! You made it seem so. <laughs> um, so I'm going to guess I get zero. They were harder. <laughs> they were harder. Yeah, this, is, this isn't going to go well. You're going to think less of our relationship after this. Welcome back, John. Your five questions are... Which movie star will Louise say you think you look like? Oh... <laughs> Darth Vader at the end of Jedi. Hmm, <laughs> <laughs> that is a good question. I, I, I don't know. One of the hairy bikers, have they made a film? No, wait, wait, have you phrased this right, Peter? Which movie star do you think that I think that I look like? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Nick Cage. Yes! Yeah. <laughs> That's the only one I'm going to get right. <laughs> okay. What franchise will she think that you would love to star in? Emmanuel. <laughs> I should have known that. <laughs> it's a franchise where you just have a jolly nice time. You don't no. want to be like, like, you know, like Robocop's cool and Terminator's cool and Predator's cool, but you spend most of your time being chased and burglarized and stuff, so that wouldn't be that cool. Uh, I'm trying to give a franchise where I get to do fun stuff. And the look suggests that that's not the thought <laughs> process that you went down. <laughs> I've no idea. I quite like to be in the Blade Runner franchise because you get to see all the cool future stuff. Yeah, that's not what I said. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Louise, what did you pick? Batman. Oh, that is a cool, yeah. (laughs) But which Batman? Um, The Michael Keaton Batmans. There you go. Can I get off a point for that? (laughs) (laughs) What will Louise say is your favourite movie scene? Gonna Need a Bigger Boat is an excellent movie scene. But that's not the one that she picked. Uh, Stop it, trying to read her face, John. Um, I like uh, there's going to be a bigger boat. Or the, uh, the the one where they're talking about the Indianapolis where they're all in the... Oh, of course. Louise, what did you pick? Well, Hazel got it right. Yeah. But... <laughs> I thought that was... <laughs> and um, you drink. <laughs> I think I said the one with the air tank when the shot blows yeah. up at the end. No, actually, no, in the end, your mind. you did said I? that first. Yeah. <laughs> in the end, you picked Nick Cage in his tighty white. Oh, oh that yeah. was going to be that was going to be my you next. You can't say that now. In my tighty whities, in my tiger shirt, bottle of vodka, sitting on the toilet, going. Ah, ah. I feel like I should get half a point for that. About ten minutes. <laughs> Is that really what you would do? I imagine that you would prefer to be the bottle of vodka in that situation. In being chugged down <laughs> by Nick, sucked on by Nick. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Look. <Lug. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> The presence of which movie star will Louise say would prevent you watching a movie? Oh, so I wouldn't watch a film if that this person was in it. Yeah. So uh, 
I found it hard too because you'll watch absolutely anything. I will. Uh, I can't stand the guy from the Rush Hour movie, Chris Tucker. <laughs> Brilliant. Did you hear that from downstairs? No. Why don't you like Chris Tucker, John? <laughs> and also he stole Prince. Yeah. He stole Prince's part in the fifth Very element. Good. Exactly right. Oh, you must have heard that. No way. <laughs> For the last one. And if he's got to get this right in order to tie, right? Yes, he does. Oh, you have a tie break. I do have a tie break. Are we going to a super over? (laughs) (laughs) They don't know what that means. Don't know what that is, Andy. (laughs) We asked Louise, which movie star will you say she secretly likes much more than she would admit to in public? That Louise secretly likes. Yes. Yeah. Mm. She's not shy about her Jason Statham love. But that's not a secret. Who does she like or does admit? No, no. Who would you say? I secretly like more than I admit. No, no, no. Who did you say that he would say? <laughs> yeah. That? Oh, God. Uh, Vin Diesel. Louise, who did you say? Idris Elba. You love I him. Feel like you, I feel like I was tricked into it, though, now. Because they said, no, it's one he would say to make you annoyed. Yeah, because... I didn't say that. I did. Yeah, somebody <laughs> did. You fell for it. Yeah, because I, I know your anger towards Idris. But was he good in the, the Hobson Shaw film? Yeah, because Jason Statham killed him. <laughs> Spoilers. Oh. <laughs> okay, then, then you can see that now. <laughs> I mean, you must have known that would happen. Not necessarily. Having said that, there was four post-credit sequences, that, and I only saw two of them, and I don't know what happened. No, I do, actually. Apparently, originally, the line was, I'm Black James Bond, but he insisted it be changed because he thought it was too on the nose, because, like, why would we do what everyone's talking about? Uh, so he thinks he's going to be James Bond I swear there was a song on the soundtrack that was him as well he's got such a Dennis Waterman complex Mm. what's the final score Peter? the final scores are 3 to Hazel and Andy and 2 to Louise and John and that brings us to the end of another Nerdfest episode thank you so much for listening if you liked this episode or indeed any of our previous ones we would love for you to leave us a little review or a little rating on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast because that massively helps us out also follow us on Twitter and Facebook we're at Nerdfest UK we will be back in your ear holes in two weeks time but in the meantime you've been listening to Louise Taylor a triumphant boyfriend (laughs) a wonderful quiz master Louise Taylor's (laughs) (laughs) ex-boyfriend And I'm Hazel Burton. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. You're obsessed with the list, you people. You should do a podcast about the list. <laughs> I did actually make a list after we talked Where about it. Where is it? I want to see it. I will show you after this. Is it in your wallet? Covered no, it's in my iPhone. Oh, that's not a laminated list. You, we can get oh, a laminator. Oh, is that why it's laminated? So you can wank over it while you're thinking about <laughs> it. Yeah. Christ. Makes sense now. <laughs> wank on wipe off. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, the Karate Kid porno. <laughs> wank on, wipe off. <laughs> <laughs>